Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by The Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 Platinum Jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like Ozempic. They're changing bodies. And all of a sudden, just the weight starts falling off. Fortunes. It just got too expensive. They're just bank breakers. And industries. There was a lot of excitement. There was a lot of skepticism. The impact of these drugs from business to health is just beginning. From the journal, Trillion Dollar Shot. Find it in the journal feed wherever you get your podcasts. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Chinese traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. The rebel Yen Di knelt in defeat on a desolate battlefield. The corpses of fallen men and beasts alike lay around him. Smoke hovered in the air. Yen Di's clothes were torn and his face cut and bloodied. Guards surrounded him and a few of his generals stood at his back, also looking bedraggled and defeated. The immense figure of Huang Di stood before him. His four faces looked down at Yen Di, all wearing the same confident smirk. Is there anything that you wish to say? So be it. Chiyo, for your crimes, I sentence you. Wait! My father may not wish to speak, but I do. Chiyo, Yen Di's son, stepped forward. He was an imposing god-man, with the head of a bull and the body of a human. He eyed his father with worry as he drew himself up to face Huang Di. You have come to our land and took what was ours. The south is yours. Let our father go, and we will leave this place. Your father led troops against me in battle. He must meet the executioner's sword. You and your brothers shall be spared, but you must leave this land until you are ready to pledge loyalty to me. Would you care to do so now? I would rather die than step aside. Chiyo slowly stepped back, but a burning hatred filled his eyes as he watched the executioner's sword sever his father's neck he knew he would stop at nothing to avenge this grievous wrong. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Today we're exploring the legend of Huang Di, a legendary Chinese hero, a god-sovereign and ferocious warrior. His story is part of the epic battle of Zuolu, a legendary fight against the evil warlord, Qi Yo. Over 5,000 years ago, ancient China was a land divided. Various tribes fought over the land in unending war, until Huang Di stepped forward to unite them. He established a singular rule over China, ushering in an age of peace. Huang Di is known as the Yellow Emperor. In Chinese culture, yellow can symbolize the center of the earth, the pinnacle between north, south, east, and west. It's an apt name, as Huang Di is said to have four faces, each of which point in a different direction. He's associated with the center of the world around him, and his faces allow him to oversee all matters of the earth. Despite this formidable image, Huang Di's legend has been the source of some debate. While some view him as a mythical figure and the earthly form of the supreme deity Shandi, others believe that Huang Di was a man a sage king with historical significance who established Chinese civilization through wisdom and ideals over his hundred-year reign. But most agree that his enlightened way of ruling became a pillar of Chinese culture. In addition to uniting the previously warring tribes of ancient China, he's credited with creating the country's earliest writing systems and systems of governance. The legend of his birth certainly imbues him with more fantastical origins. It's said that he was born from a young woman named Fu Bao. One day she was struck by lightning and became pregnant. The young Fu Bao grew Huang Di in her belly for 25 months before bringing him into the world. Part human and part lightning god, Huang Di not only sees all, but commands thunder and the rain dragon, Ying Long. Though Huang Di was engaged in many battles, he's depicted as fighting only to prevent disorder. His wars are seen as righteous, a necessary evil to defeating those who would lead China back into a state of chaos. One such adversary was Qi Yo. Described as a man with the head of a bull, Qi Yo possesses a lethal combination of desires a lust for revenge matched only by a craving for disorder. Sweat beaded Chiyo's wide brow as he stared into the glowing forge. Years had passed since his father's execution at the hands of Huang Di, but his anger still burned as bright as the fire raging before him. Around him, his 80 brothers were hard at work in the makeshift forge, they thrust sheets of metal into the red-hot coals and hammered them into long, wicked blades. But the weapons paled next to those who made it. For Chi Yo's many brothers were no mere men. They stood over seven feet tall, with four eyes, six arms, and heads plated with steel. 
They were monstrous, and their hearts carried embers of the same rage that blazed within their leader. Together with Chi Yo, they'd spent years crafting weapons in the night on the fringes of Emperor Huang Di's kingdom. They'd built an army from the ghosts and spirits of the mountain and forests. All the creatures of chaos had agreed to follow the bull-headed Chi Yo in rebellion against Huang Di. One of Chi Yo's brothers handed him a finished sword. Chi Yo took it gingerly admiring its sharp blade and unusual copper glow. He closed his eyes, remembering when he was a small boy and his father had given him his very first sword. Did you know even then, father, that it would fall to me to avenge you? Chiyo's hand wrapped around the sword's grip, feeling its weight. He was done lurking in the shadows. It was time for war. In Huang Di's palace, the air was filled with tension. Huang Di sat on his throne. His trusted generals stood before him at the head of a group of elders. They were worried. Chi Yo and his brothers had been raiding the land's villages, pillaging homes and destroying crops. Tales of the bull-headed man's ruthlessness had sent chills up their spines. And now they stood in front of their emperor, waiting for his plan of action. Huang Di did not seem to share their concern. He drank from a chalice as he considered their options. There is no need to be drawn into war so quickly. In truth, we could crush this rebellion in moments, but that would be unkind. Let us first negotiate. <laughs> ah, I am full of mercy these days. Cries of protest filled the air. Huang Di held up a hand to silence the elders. Enough! Do you not think my eyes to the south have seen what Shi Yo does? His petulant pillaging is hardly cause for alarm. He is a spurned child, crying out for attention. <sighs> if Chi Yo demands war, then I will give it to him. But let us first try peace and avoid a certain massacre, shall we not? All of Huang Di's faces turned towards his council pointedly. His eight eyes stared at the elders until, one by one, they nodded their assent. The very next day, Huang Di called upon his allies, the gods of the north, south, east, and west, they flocked to him in waves, eager to help their half-brother in his battle. But there was one invitation he'd forgotten. His daughter, Lady Ba, lived in the heavens above Huang Di's kingdom. She was bald, and her face was often pinched in a bitter expression. She had power over lightning and could create dry landscapes and desert heat storms. Wherever she walked, drought and hardship followed. And so her father, Huang Di, had forbidden her entry to Earth. And now she watched as he called the other, more useful gods to his assistance. They gathered into an immense army below, preparing for war without her. She was not surprised. Her father had never found a use for her before, and she doubted he ever would. 
Once his army was assembled, Huang Di opened his four sets of eyes and scanned his kingdom. He saw Qi Yo in the middle of a field in a place called Zuolu. At his back, his lethal brothers loomed on the horizon, along with a small army behind them. Huang Di smiled at the army's pitiful size. This would be easy. Only hours later, Huang Di and his army rode to Zuolu to meet Qi Yo. Fearlessly, Huang Di strode into the field to greet his enemy. As the two men met at the field's center, Qi Yo spoke first, his voice dripping with anguish. I see you got my message, Emperor. Qi Yo, let us not belabor this. What is it you want? Land? Coin? War. War. You may as well have said death. You understand your small army cannot possibly withstand my forces. So you say. You started this war when you killed my father. Ah, the truth. It is revenge you seek. You will find that anger and war make a poor leader, my boy. Do not call me boy. War is the old way. Knowledge, art, and learning have united these lands. If you could only look past your anger, you and your brothers could find peace in this ordered world. I would welcome you with open arms. You have become soft since your last battle, eager to return to your life of leisure. Well, I intend to make you work before you die, old man. Just as you forced my father to fight, I will break your ordered world. Before Huang Di could respond, Qi Yo strode back to his army with his head held high. Huang Di sighed, frustrated by the bullheaded man's anger. He hoped this would not take long. Not a day later, Huang Di stood across a field, facing Qi Yo's army. He smiled, surprised that he'd forgotten how much he enjoyed the anticipation of battle. Not that there was much thrill in this, he had gods of the north, south, east, and west at his disposal, as well as warriors from across China. Qi Yo's shabby army would give them little trouble. Both sides waited for a signal. Qi Yo smiled at Huang Di's hesitation. He would show this emperor what strength was. Onwards! With Qi Yo's cry, his rebel army rushed forward. Huang Di watched them come. He turned all of his four heads toward the battle, giving it his full attention. And then he charged. The two sides met in the middle with violence and fervor. Cries of war and dying filled the air. Before long, it was clear that Huang Di had been right. Qi Yo's army was no match for the gods and trained soldiers that Huang Di had assembled. As Huang Di watched the struggling enemies with pride, he offered Qi Yo a chance. Qi Yo, pull back and I will spare your life and that of all your men. 
And who told you that this was all of my men? Huang Di's confident demeanor faded to confusion as Chi Yo produced a red flag from his garments. He waved it high in the air before throwing it down to the earth. A dust storm exploded across the field, blowing into Huang Di's army with incredible strength. Many of them were knocked from their feet and sent tumbling head over heels backward. Huang Di stood his ground, squinting through the sand. His four faces looked in all directions, but all he could see was the silhouettes of his own men struggling to get back up. At last, the sand began to clear. Huang Di's eyes widened. Qi Yo's army stood before him, but it had changed. A second, massive battalion with horned helmets and glinting copper weapons emerged. They looked strong, confident, and they boasted an arsenal of inventive, lethal weaponry that Huang Di had never seen before. Huang Di stared at them in shock. He had been tricked for the first time in recent memory, and as his four faces watched this fearsome brigade advance, he felt a deep, unsettling feeling creep into the pit of his stomach, a feeling he had not known in decades. Doubt. Coming up, Huang Di discovers just how powerful his enemy is. Now back to the story. Emperor Huang Di went to the rebel leader Qi Yo, hoping to end their differences peacefully. But Qi Yo refused the emperor's request. He desired war. He wanted revenge for his father's death. Qi Yo gathered a small army of rebels, ghosts from the mountains and forests, and his 80 iron-headed brothers, and stood on a field in a place called Zuolu, ready to fight. But after Huang Di had gained the upper hand, Qi Yo revealed what he'd been hiding. An even larger army, outfitted with inventive new weapons that he had spent years forging with his brothers. Huang Di stared at the reinforcements with trepidation. He was alarmed he'd not seen them coming. He saw everything. His confidence was shaken. His heart thundered in his chest. He knew there was nothing to do but fight. His army rushed to meet the new battalion. But this time, it was Huang Di's army that struggled. The copper swords pierced their armor. Copper arrowheads whizzed through their helmets. The technology was too advanced. Huang Di stood back in utter shock as his troops were slaughtered. Men! Fall back! Fall back! You dare run? As the troops began to retreat, Chi Yo leaped onto his horse and rode into the thick of the battle. He exhaled, forcing a stream of fog from his nostrils. The fog spread in waves, seeping onto the battlefield and surrounding Huang Di's army. Men and gods alike became disoriented, stumbling around, seeking a way out of the fog. 
Huang Di's faces were once again blind. Time after time, he thought he'd reached the end of the fog, only to discover that he'd gotten himself even more turned around. As he wandered through the misty field, he was suddenly aware of how quiet it was. Hello? General? Gods? Hello? Huang Di heard voices, but as he plodded toward them, they only sounded further and further away. Finally, they stopped altogether. His four faces scanned his surroundings, but the mist obscured all. Only moments ago, Huang Di was leading his soldiers in a fierce battle, and now he felt like a scared little boy, utterly alone and unable to find his way home. As he pondered this turn of fate, he could make out a faint outline of a tree a short distance in front of him. He hurried toward it. It was gnarled, ancient-looking, with branches that extended high in the sky, out of sight amid the fog. Huang Di sat at the trunk of the tree and put his head in his hands. His army was out there somewhere, trapped in this mystical fog. If he did not find them, Chi Yo would claim victory and the land would fall into chaos. For the first time in decades, he felt helpless. But as his thoughts grew tumultuous and he quivered on the edge of self-loathing, a golden light pierced through the thick mist. As the ray struck the earth, a figure formed. It was a woman with a beautiful, kind face and the body of a giant bird. Her wings flicked outward, cutting through the mist and beating it back in waves as they flapped. Huang Di was incredulous. This was Jiotian Xuanyu, the warrior goddess. The Lord of Heaven must have sent her to aid him. He was unable to speak as she pulled a golden cloth from her feathers. She smiled as she held it out to him. And that was when the world went black. Huang Di had fainted. When he came to, he was surprised to see his army standing in the gloom around the tree. They too had followed the goddess's light through the murky air, only to find their leader asleep at the tree's base. They looked at him grimly. This was not the same all-seeing leader that they knew. He seemed vulnerable in his uncertainty. As Huang Di stood, he noticed that the golden cloth the goddess had shown him was now clasped in his hand. He smoothed it out, his lips turning upward in a smile when he saw what it contained. It was a drawing of a battle formation. The sketch showed troops assembled in an octagon with an arrow that pointed south. That was the way they had to go, but looking around in the dense fog, Huang Di realized that he had no idea which way south was. A dozen soldiers suddenly emerged from the mist, pushing a cart. A wooden figure stood at its center, with an arm raised as if pointing ahead. As the cart moved, the arm rotated. Huang Di smiled. It was a compass sent by the goddess. This is how we escape the fog. Men! 
follow my voice. Come to order. You there, line a hundred men along one side. You, take the other end. I'll need eight men to lead their groups. As Huang Di instructed his troops, he felt a twinge of certainty return. As long as he had deities on his side, this was a battle he could win. He was wrong to doubt himself. It had been a setback, nothing more. Huang Di attached the cloth to the cart and stood behind it. He pushed it forward, keeping an eye on the wooden compass figure as he moved south. His troops followed in an octagon formation at his back. As they moved forward, the fog began to dissipate. Soon it cleared entirely, and Huang Di emerged onto the battlefield's perimeter, where Qi Yo was celebrating with his brothers. They had assumed victory when Huang Di went into the fog, and they were not prepared for his army to come roaring out of it. Huang Di wasted no time. The element of surprise was a precious gift, and he was not going to waste it. His men surged forward and were upon Qi Yo's troops in moments. The rebellion had no time to gather their weapons, and most fled in terror. Those that didn't suffered death at the hands of the emperor's minions. Chi Yo roared in fury. He and his brothers stood firm. They'd been pushed from their lands once and would not flee again. They met Huang Di's men with bloodthirsty rage, slashing and burning anything in their path. Chi Yo and his brothers raised their palms, and flames erupted to consume their enemies in a blaze. Huang Di saw their malevolence and knew that he had to act. He closed his eyes, raising his hands to the sky. The skies opened up and a steady rain came down. Huang Di watched, ready for his magic to take effect, but where one fire was put out, another brother, his hands full of flames, took its place. He didn't want to have to do this, but it was time. Ying Long, come to your master. As soon as he'd uttered the words, a shadow fell across the battlefield. The fighting men paused to look up, their faces full of awe as they beheld what flew above them. It was a great flying serpent, enormous and lean, this was Ying Long, the rain dragon. As he roared again, the rains became more powerful. It drenched the fighters below, turning the battlefield to mud. Gaze upon the power of the heavens unleashed! Ying Long has arrived! Huang Di's faces smiled in Qi Yo's direction, but the smiles faded a moment later when he saw Qi Yo's amusement. I am pleased to see you invited your little dragon to a war. I have also asked some guests of great importance to grace us with their presence. Chiyo smiled sinisterly as the wind began to pick up. Soon it swirled about Huang Di's men, pushing them back. Ying Long's rain, which was aimed at Chiyo's troops, was pushed violently the other way. The rain pelted Huang Di and his men. 
He raised his hands, trying to deflect it, but there was a greater power at work. All of his efforts had no effect on the storm that now battered his men. This, he realized, was the work of the Earl of Winds. So some of the gods had joined Chi Yo's cause. Things were worse than Huang Di had expected. He squinted through the pelting rain, searching the sky for his dragon. Ying Long, stop! You rain upon your own men! But Ying Long couldn't hear him. He continued to pour rain from his mouth and hindquarters, rain that was being used against his allies. The wind picked up even more, and Huang Di and his men found themselves trapped in a storm's swirling vortex. Suddenly, Huang Di felt the wind lifting his body from the ground. Without warning, he was thrown violently through the air. Coming up, Huang Di struggles to regain his confidence after another earth-shattering failure. Now, back to the story. Emperor Huang Di was feeling hopeless. He was a powerful demigod emperor with thunderstorms and rain at his command. But he was being bested by a half-bull demon named Qi Yo and his rebel army. After Huang Di had called his rain dragon, Ying Long, he thought victory was certain. But Qi Yo had another trick up his sleeve. He'd made an alliance with the Earl of the Winds, who had transformed Yin Long's reign into a destructive storm. Huang Di was trapped in a vortex and whisked away to the very edges of his kingdom. Huang Di landed on the ground with a sickening thud. He gasped for air as he staggered to his feet. Looking around, he discovered that there was not a single soldier or a celestial comrade in sight. He was alone. The sky above him was clear, but dark storm clouds were visible in the far-off distance. He had traveled far from the battlefield. Huang Di stared at the clouds, full of self-pity. He had used everything at his disposal, his magic, his god allies, his rain dragons, and still, Qi Yo had been one step ahead of him. Huang Di was out of ideas. Or was he? The Yellow Emperor's eyes widened. There was one thing left in his arsenal, he realized. One weapon he had forgotten. His daughter, Lady Ba. Daughter? Daughter! Lady Ba sat in the clouds, lonely and gloomy, watching all that went on below. She'd seen her father's repeated failures and each time waited for his call, but each time she had been disappointed. Until finally, she heard the distant echo of his voice. Daughter, please, I need your help. Lady Ba's heartbeat quickened. After all this time, her father was calling for her. It would serve him right if she were to ignore him now, but her curiosity soon got the best of her. Lady Ba descended from the clouds, landing in front of her father. Her arms were crossed, and her eyes were narrowed in suspicion. 
Daughter, it has been a long time. What do you want? You sit up there in the heavens looking down. You rarely leave your post. I think that you know what I seek. You wish for me to dry up the rain that Enlong has produced, that Chio has used against you with the Earl of the Winds. I would not ask if it were not important. My kingdom is at stake. And why should I care about your kingdom, a kingdom you have not allowed me to visit? I am not wanted here on Earth. You have made that clear enough. Daughter, I have been blinded by my power and rule. This battle, this failure, has caused me to look at my choices and understand my weaknesses. I thought I could do this alone, that I would be victorious because of my allies and my powers. But my failure has forced me to see the things I could not before. I should never have sent you away. You have spurned me, your daughter. I am so very sorry. Please, if you help me win this war, you may come down to Earth as often as you please. Lady Ba considered her father for a moment. She longed to make him suffer after all that he had done to her. But Huang Di asking her for help was more than just a chance to spend time on Earth and around others. It was a chance to make her father proud. And that was all she had ever wanted. She nodded to her father, her face breaking into a smile. Back on the battlefield, Chi Yo watched with relish as the storm whipped Huang Di's rain dragon around the sky. The Earl of the Winds stood at the perimeter, conducting the chaos around him. He was flanked on either side by a thunder beast, an immense ogre-like monster with reverberating roars that shook the ground. Ying Long, caught in the wind current, was continuing to dump rain onto Huang Di's army below. They had lost their way completely and could not see a thing. The battlefield had become a lake. Soldiers fought to keep their heads above the water, gasping for air as waves crashed over them, carrying them far from the battlefield. Chiyo smiled at the scene before him. Victory was near. His father would be avenged soon. Chiyo looked up, squinting to see through the rainstorm. His eyes widened as he noticed sparks of lightning jumping about amidst the rain. A small figure descended through the storm, seemingly immune to the violent winds. Her eyes crackled with blinding blue energy. Lightning bolts shot out from her hands, hot and violent. Lady Ba had arrived. The moment Lady Ba's feet touched the surface of the lake, the water began to disappear. Her very feet appeared to dry it up. The lightning shot toward the sky and into Yinglong. His body jumped with electricity and he jerked in the air. It was then that the rain stopped falling. Lady Ba smiled and raised her arms as the winds became hot. As she took a step forward, the battlefield became brittle and cracked, 
devoid of moisture, the few soldiers that had not been swept away by the waves rose to their feet. Chiyo stared in shock. Just moments ago, he'd faced certain victory, and now his last trick had been thwarted. He watched as Lady Ba finally collapsed, spent. Behind her, Huang Di appeared. His face was cold as he stared at Chiyo. A shiver ran up Chiyo's spine. And then everything changed. Ah! From the sky, Ying Long swooped down. Perhaps rain had not worked on Chiyo's army, but he was still a dragon, and his sharp talons and intimidating teeth were lethal enough. Now that he could see his victims, he showed no mercy. He sunk his teeth into Chiyo's brothers, used his tail to whip their heads from their necks. Chiyo urged his army forward. Huang Di watched them advance. In Long's return was an asset, but he would need to rally his troops if he was to have any chance against this onslaught. He scanned the battlefield, singling out one of the Earl of Wind's Thunder Beasts. He drew his sword and sprinted up to the beast, running it through in an instant. The beast's roar was the last thing it uttered as it died quickly. Huang Di used his sword to skin the beast. Then he stretched the skin taut and pulled it over two large rocks, placing the monster's head and throat beneath it. He had made a drum. Huang Di beat the drum fervently as Ying Long kept the army back as best he could. The sound echoed into the sky, reverberating across the land. Then he grinned as one of his faces saw a glimmer of hope in the distance. His army had returned. Huang Di's army appeared over the hills, flooding in from all directions. Though they'd been lost, their fervor had not been dulled. They roared with passion as they crashed with Chiyo's army for the last time. Chiyo was frozen. He looked at his brothers, many massacred and in pieces from Inlong's onslaught. Then he looked at his gods, wiped out by Lady Ba. Then he looked down at himself and knew he was no match for Huang Di. Chiyo slowly backed away from the battle and ran. He ran through the woods, away from the screams of his men. But In Long had seen him go, and he was already flying far above, waiting for a glimpse of the evil rebel. A gap in the trees revealed Chiyo's running form, and In Long swooped down, grabbing the bull beast in his talons. In Long carried Chiyo back to the battlefield. Huang Di stood there before his army. The field lay strewn with bodies, and Chiyo's remaining brothers and soldiers knelt in defeat, swords pointed at their necks. As Chiyo saw this scene, he began to panic. Before they had quite reached the ground, he began to plead with In Long. Let me go, beast. Let me go. Please, dragon. Huang Di is no ruler. 
You serve a weak master. You are a fool if you think he will listen to you. And you are a fool if you think I am the only one that will stand against you and your reign. You are a pompous, weak leader. This battle has taught me much, Chiyo. Never again will I underestimate my enemy. And always will I punish those who flout the law. I have no more patience for insurrection. Huang Di nodded to two of his soldiers, who fastened shackles to Chi Yo's wrists. Then they pushed him down to kneel before Huang Di. Do what you will, Huang Di, but hear my last word. Before Chi Yo could say another thing, Huang Di let his sword fly. He watched as his enemy's headless body slumped back, the blood running down his arms and onto the shackles that bound him. It was done. Huang Di ordered Chi Yo's body to be burned and his shackles thrown into the wilderness as they returned to his castle. Years later, the place where the shackles had landed became a maple forest, but not just any maple grove, for its leaves were bright red, forever stained with Chi Yo's blood. As for Huang Di, he returned to his palace and was congratulated by his godly allies. Lady Ba returned to the palace with him, for drying the rain had depleted her of her powers, and so she could not return to the heavens. She remained on earth, roaming the north as she pleased, while In Long stayed in the south. This is why the north is far more prone to drought. Huang Di ruled for many years. Chi Yo's followers pledged their support to Huang Di, creating a land that was truly united for the first time in its existence. Though he continued to levy severe punishments against wrongdoers, he devoted his life to growing Chinese culture. Because of his power and thoughtfulness, China became a land of inventions, from music to silk, ships and carts, writing and ingenious eating utensils. Huang Di originated Chinese civilization as we know it today. Huang Di could not only harness elemental powers, he imbued the people under his tutelage with a breadth of knowledge that has sustained a civilization for centuries. It's why he's celebrated as a pivotal figure in Chinese mythology. Though Qi Yo is usually considered the story's villain, he's still worshipped throughout China as a god of war. For while he was defeated, his anger and boldness reflects the spirit of those who find the bravery to question authority. Huang Di's victory is a demonstration of monarchy prevailing over rebellion, painting Huang Di as a leader who must use force to restore order. It serves as a reminder of the strength of the rule of the law and a warning to those who would seek to challenge it. For while Qi Yo was emboldened by anger, Huang Di learned from every mistake and came back stronger. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on Huang Di, amongst the many sources we used, we found Ancient Chinese Civilization by Todd Van Pelt and Rupert Matthews extremely helpful to our research. 
You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children. And every Wednesday, we dive into another dark, classic story. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic story. Mythology was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, Isabella Way, and Joel Stein. This episode of Mythology was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Greg Castro. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Jen Wong, Joe Hernandez, and Dan Velazquez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 